Hello everyone, I am Jonathan Little. I'm here with episode 225 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here with me today. Today we have another hand from Stone's Gambling Hall. This is from a final table of a $300 buy-in tournament, $30,000 guaranteed. We're at the final table, we're in the money. Here are the chip stacks at the current moment. The players that are going to be involved in this hand are Jmar, who has 28 big blinds, and CX, who has 24 big blinds. Um, the final table is relatively deep stacked. There is one shorter stack with 19 big blinds, but everyone else has more, and some people have a lot more. So, let's get to it. In this hand, oops, looks like my speed setting's a little bit off. It says normal. Those are some fast hand movements. We have Jmar under the gun, plus two, with ace-king suited. And remember, Jmar had a stack of 28 big blinds, and he decides to limp. Now, I typically do not like limping at all. We discussed this in the previous episode of Weekly Poker Hand. If you are limping, though, you want to have a very clear idea of what your range looks like and if you should be willing to get in with it if you face aggression. Now, when you limp ace-king, you are hoping someone yet to act raises. You're not limping, hoping to limp call a raise to try to see a flop. You are limping, looking to trap. The problem, though, is that a lot of people, once they realize that you are capable of trapping, are not going to raise your limps. And that's going to lead to you seeing a lot of flops with a hand, well, with a good hand, but against multiple players who had to put in almost nothing to see the flop. It is kind of interesting, though. In the small stakes games, you see people limp, and then you see people who think in their minds, you beat limpers by raising the limpers. And, you know, as a general strategy, as a general rule, that's probably a pretty good approach. However, if people are limping with a range looking to limp and then jam on you, you should just stop raising the limpers because you're going to get jammed a lot, right? You should only jam a raise with your value hands. I discuss this a lot in my book, Mastering Small Stakes No Limit Hold'em. You can get that at jlpoker.com mastering. I discuss how to approach people who limp with various strategies because really your adjustment to that is very, very different if they're trapping you with a little bit or a lot or never, right? Like if you know you're never getting limp jammed, then clearly you can just raise them really aggressively. So anyway, Jmar limps with the ace-king suited, which I think is good and fine. K-Dog under the gun plus three, so this is middle position, elects to call with king-jack offsuit. Now, um, he does have, he's also one of the shallower stacks, and I think you probably just want to fold in this scenario, because if you think about Jmar's limping range, if he especially is known to trap a little bit, then it's going to be a lot of very good hands, and then also hands that flop well. So how does king-jack offsuit flop, especially when there are a lot of people yet to act who can raise you pre-flop? So it flops well enough. Usually you're going to have top pair, which is okay. The problem, though, is that usually the pot's going to, are usually going to see a very multi-way flop, and top pair marginal kicker is not nearly as good when you see a very multi-way flop. So in this scenario, I think G-Dog should either raise with the king-jack looking to fold if he gets jammed on, this is a reasonable hand to raise because it has good blockers. Or he should just fold. And I know it may seem a little bit nitty to just fold the king-jack offsuit, but he is in such poor position. There are five or six players yet to act who have not looked at their cards yet. Maybe four or five, something like that. And also he has to worry about Jmar just limping with a very, very good hand. And you know he could be extremely dominated, as he is here. Like, notice right now, if a king comes, G-Dog's just in awful shape. So I would probably just fold this hand. Now gets around to CX with ace-queen 
of spades. This is a very good hand. Question is, should she raise or should she limp? Well, going back to what I just said earlier, if she knows that Jamar is very inclined to trap, I think she should just limp. And you may say, wow, but then you let them see the flop for free when they're limping with marginal stuff. But you have to think, what is a marginal hand that wants to limp? It's going to be a lot of ace highs, like ace jack, ace 10, ace nine suited. You're crushing those. Then it's going to be a lot of stuff like king queen, king jack, queen jack, queen 10, queen nine suited, right? And you're dominating those as well. And CX is in the cutoff, so she's in position and has fewer people yet to act. In the world where, like say, the big blind raises or jams, depending on the stack sizes, and it folds back around to CX, she can probably call it off because her hand would be very underrepresented, assuming everyone folds to her. So I think I like limping if we know Jmar is limping, looking to trap a decent chunk of the time. What if instead Jmar is just generally weak and likes to limp with all sorts of stuff? In that scenario, I definitely think you need to raise. So the question is, how much should we raise? Playing roughly uh, 25 big blinds deep. I think when someone limps for 8,000, you still want to make it about 35 to 40,000. And that may seem kind of big to a lot of people, given, I mean, CX made it 28,000 here. But you have to look at the odds you're giving your opponent, right? When it gets back around to Jmar, he has to put in 20,000 to win a pot that's going to be something like 60. So, I mean, how hard is it to realize 33% equity with a reasonable limping hand? It's not that hard, right? Um, same thing for G-Dog. He's also going to be getting amazing pot odds, and he's going to have to put in another 20 to try to win 80 or something like that. And, I mean, he's probably going to realize 25% equity with much of his limping range, too. So you're not really pricing your opponents out or making them make a preflop mistake. You want to make sure that you present your opponents situations that will result in them messing up. If they play well, you're not winning any money. So um, I like the idea of raising in general, but I think I would have made it bigger. So now Norm folds King Jack off or King Nine offsuit. That's definitely fine from the small blind. Don't call the raise. Dirty Donna, in the big blind, thinks about it for a while with 10-7 offsuit, but that is not a hand you can do anything with. You just need to fold. Don't call because you think you're going to see a flop a lot of the time, because sporadically, the initial limper will jam on you, and then you just lose the extra 20,000 chips for no real reason. Don't do that. All right, gets back around to Jmar, and he instantly goes all in. I think that is a huge tell that a lot of small and medium stakes players have in their games. When they have a hand, they know what they're going to do. Like when they have a hand with which they know what they're going to do, they just psh, they just pop it all in easily, no problem. So King Jack clearly folds. Don't call the all in with King Jack, that would be a big mistake. It gets back around to CX and now she is in a bit of a problem. She has to put in 170K to win a pot that's going to be, well, it's going to be about 300, sorry, 450K. So she needs to have 30, call it 35% equity. Will she have 35% equity with ace-queen suited? Normally, if the opponent did not exhibit this tell of just snap all in, I think the answer is probably yes. You don't like it. It is for all of your tournament chips. I understand all this, but you probably need to call, especially if you know your opponent's going to jam with something like nines are better and then ace-queen and better. You don't like the spot, but this is where we have found ourselves, where we're getting... You need to win 35% of the time, and you're probably going to win something like 40. <sighs> However, when Jmar does the snap all in, I think that narrows his range even more to something like kings, queens, jacks, and ace-king. You may say, why not aces? I think a lot of people will do a little bit more of a Hollywood with aces, maybe with kings, but even then, if the opponent's range is queens 
and ace-king, notice that this ace-queen suited is very dominated, right? It's dominated by all of that. And when you're dominated, you're going to win, well, depends on exactly which way you're dominated, but call it call it 28 or 30% of the time. And remember, she needs to win about 35. And there are payout implications involved here where you don't want to go broke next because uh, she's, she's not in the shallowest stack by any means. And, you know, there, there's definitely value in just folding and keeping a 160,000 chip stack, which is about 20 big blinds. So I think given this exact scenario, the way the hand played out, CX should probably find a fold. And you don't hear me saying you should be making big folds very often. And I know I have the cards face up, so maybe I'm slightly results oriented. But I would be shocked if I saw someone limp jam from early position in this spot, especially with that tell of snap all in without a very, very strong hand. I, I think it's just always going to be a good hand. So let's see if she can find the fold. Let's speed it up a bit because it looks like she's taking her time. Again, if you're not watching these videos on jonathanlillipoker.com or YouTube, you know, there's, there's certainly things you can see. One benefit of using live footage over uh, a hand replayer is that you can actually see the tells and see things like that. And, and here I think one was definitely exhibited. She eventually puts the chips in. And, you know, I don't falter for it, but I really don't think Jmar is going to be getting out of line too often at all on the spot. So she does call. It's not for all of her chips, I don't think. But yeah, actually, it is for all of her chips. Um, so she gets it all in, and the flop comes with a queen. Hello. And the queen holds up. So a lot of people look at this and think, man, I screwed up with my ace-king suited. I should have raised, let her re-raise, and I could jam and make her fold. But don't think like that. The ace-king suited got it in great. Jmar, given the way the hand played out, I mean, I think it's actually a great great situation if you're going to have people raising you kind of wide. The problem, though, here is that CX had the opportunity to make a reasonably big fold, whereas if Jmar just raised, the king-jack offsuit maybe would call, which is fine because you're crushing that. Then the ace-queen suited probably would have re-raised, and then if you jam, the ace-queen suited can't fold at all at that point. They are just in... They just can't fold. They're getting too good of a price. As played, though, Jmar gave ace-queen suited the opportunity to fold. And like I said, if I'm in this, this spot, I'm probably making the fold. I hate it, but I think you need to fold. Um, so it, it worked out for Jmar in that he got it all in good, but he still lost. Uh, whenever you do lose after getting it good, don't, don't worry. Don't care about that. Only worry about things you can actually control. And you don't want to make your opponents play well. Again, remember, if CX folds here, she's not making a mistake. And you want people to make mistakes. And in this scenario, CX made a call with a hand that was probably in pretty bad shape against Jmar's range, and that's that. Sometimes you're going to lose. I get emails every day from people who say something to the effect of, I would have, I'm such a great poker player, but if I just keep losing all these big hands. And you have to realize, when you're at a final table with nine players, you're not supposed to win it very often. If you win it one in seven times, you're doing great. And you have to realize one in sevens don't come around very often. And you could also run poorly. Maybe if you're even good, you win only one in 15 times, right? And that's just normal. So how often are you making final tables? I mean, not, not very often, right? And, and even then, you're supposed to only win one in nine times if nine people are left on average. So uh, don't worry about the variance. You're going to lose hands when you get it all in good. And you can't do a whole lot about it. So that's going to be it for this hand. Thanks again to Stone's Gambling Hall for letting me use the footage. Good luck in your games, and I'll talk to you next time. I have to apologize. In this episode of Weekly Poker Hand, I called CXA she. The hat threw me off. I thought it was hair. My bad.